Why, hello there. My name is Dalton, and welcome to Highlight the Creative, a podcast show where we interview other creatives. We talk about creativity and community. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Highlight the Creative. I am your host, Dalton, and I have no other than Casey West on the show today. Casey, how's it going, man? It's good. How are you? Man, I'm good after that second or third try with that intro. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So funny story. Like I didn't I knew his name was Casey and we have a Tony over here in the background for support. But I was like, what's Casey's last name? I forgot to ask where we got on the podcast. (laughs) Just like the direction. They're like, yeah, whatever. Casey, you, Casey, that Casey West, Casey East. It don't matter. (laughs) So, man, uh, tell us about yourself. Um, You're a local musician. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, start from the beginning. What made you want to be a musician? Start young or? Uh, kind of, I, I kind of grew up, my dad playing guitar around me all the time. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal guitar player and, uh, he bought me a guitar when I was probably 15 or so, give or take. And then I played it maybe for like a week and then my fingers hurt and I was a big old pansy. So I put it down <laughs> and I didn't pick it up again until I was probably close to, I don't know, 19 to 21, somewhere in there. Filled on it here, here and there. Never really learned much. I was just trying to learn some chords. Um, and then probably 21 or so, <clears throat> I actually learned how to play a little bit. I sucked really early. Like I was, I was not doing the professional. What was your first song? Was it Smoke on the Water? No. Uh, it's a plain white tea song, guess. Oh, okay. Was it Hello, Delilah? Hey there, Delilah. Yeah, oh, hey there, Delilah. Absolutely. Like swooning a girl, yeah. I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was all for the ladies, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, that was the first song I learned how to play. And then I learned a couple of country songs and uh, like a Blink-182 song or something with my buddies and... And I was awful, and then I didn't really play much between there and uh, I'm on 27 now, so probably about 24. <clears throat> I picked it up a little more seriously, and then uh, I think actually Mr. West Parish invited me out to uh, an open mic. West and a couple other guys like Boone and whatnot invited me out to an open mic at Max's, and I went out there and they're like, "Hey, get up here!" And I I played a song. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what it was. Now it's kind of like Hey There Delilah, real slow and right. finger picking, weird song. And uh, I played it, <clears throat> and it was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was the worst song I think I've ever learned how to play. But uh, <clears throat> and then so, I, were you really nervous at that? Oh, point? super! I, mean, I was shaking. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. I played on stage one other time. It was literally with a guy named Hunter Gocher, and uh, he got up there with me, and I was just like, like I mean, like profusely shaking. I was so nervous, and. Uh, it was at the Roxy here in Muskogee, the Roxy Theater. Oh, I thought you were talking about, do you remember Roxy's out there on the Illinois River? Yeah, yeah not there, not there. I thought no, you were talking no. about there. I, I wish like, I could play there still. That'd be pretty cool. Fun fact, I played there when I was 15 years old. Really? Yes, I played in a Red Dirt band. And this is back when it didn't matter. As long as you look 21, they didn't ID you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was one of those like kids that could grow a beer at the age of 12. <laughs> so they just let me in. Yep, yep. That's they're like, awesome. They're, like, they're closed down, right? Yeah, they're shut down, man. Oh, I had man. some really good times there. That was a fun little bar. Yeah. So, right. like, what are some, like, so you kind of started off, it sounds like you kind of got, like, a country influence mixed with, like, a rock slash punk pop type influence. Uh, kind of, yeah. It was more like uh, kind of indie, I guess, whatever, like, Ed Sheeran type stuff. It was always, like, the heartfelt songs that okay. I was into, you know, like, like Ed Sheeran, uh, obviously playing White Tees, uh what is it? Uh, I can't remember. That's James Arthur, maybe something like that. Okay, stuff yeah, like, stuff like that. There's like all kinds of great artists out there in that genre. Yeah, and you know, Ed Sheeran's like he's like that guy that if you've seen, and everyone comments on this. If you've seen him in public, you're like, there's no way that guy could play and sing oh, the way yeah. he does. He's he's phenomenal, man. He he'll put a looper pedal. His, his looper thing that he's got going on is huge. I mean, it's like four foot long. Oh he's wow! He's got like six different channels on. I've seen it. He does a one man show sometimes. It's pretty cool. Are you? I didn't know that. Yeah, he'll do like you can look it up. Sometimes he'll do like piano, and then he'll do his own drums, and he'll do his own bass, and he'll get on guitar, and he'll sing all at the same time while he's like got it all looped together. Now is he is he from Ireland or England? Or? Uh, England, somewhere in England. I'm not really exactly sure. I don't really research people like that. So I just assumed he had yeah. red hair, so I was like, oh, he's got to be from Ireland. <laughs> he's got the accent, you know. So yeah, got to be one of those countries. I got the red beard. I'm not from Ireland. We're talking about <laughs> America. America. <laughs> so, so you kind of have like, cause going back, cause I started playing music when I was really young. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that was a lot of people's dreams, like kids, like 12 to 14, I almost started a band. Mm-hmm. You kind of went the opposite. Like you, like your dad was like, Hey, try this out. And you're like, 
I'm not into that yet. Rebel child. Yeah, and then now, like, <laughs> like you're like you said, you're 27 now, and you're kind of going a, a different way about it. So, how how does that feel knowing that, um, it was kind of a different way of growing up with music and playing music. Um, really, it was something I should have started sooner. Uh, I just didn't really find a knack for it until later on in life like it was like my dad's thing and like my brother played drums and it just really wasn't a thing that i i pursued you know i was really big in like soccer and wrestling and whatnot playing sports and I, it just wasn't in my cards at the time really you know okay god gives you a hand you just kind of go with it <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah you're right i i I, yeah, I love that metaphor about it's not in the cards right now or yeah. it, it was all in the cards and kind of like how god's a dealer and he was like all right here's your joker now you're gonna be a musician <laughs> yeah yeah here you go buddy yeah have fun with that yeah yeah so it sounds like you come from like a music family background so it was it was it just your dad that kind of started off or were like your grandparents and... um more of my dad really i think he's been playing for 40 years or so give or take uh He's he's really good guitarist actually. He's like phenomenal. He doesn't sing much. He just plays guitar really well. <clears throat> and so, uh, and I, I grew up in church, so I grew up like leading worship sometimes and okay. doing that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was where the singing came from. And then he was playing guitar. And then by the time I uh, got through my crazy stages of like you know the eighteen to twenty five era, yeah, you know, it was like okay, well let's let's find a hobby. And so I was working and I started playing music, got really good at it out of nowhere, just practiced a lot, put in, put in the work, you know, and then got okay. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm phenomenal because there's way better musicians out there, but I mean, it, I got good enough to where I could play live and get paid for it. And so I started doing that and it just took off. I didn't realize how much I was actually going to love it. So Awesome. Yeah. So is this going to be, is this something that is just strictly a hobby? Or is it something that you would oh, no. like to pursue, like make a living at? Yeah, I, I actually, I quit my job. Uh, I'm not going to get into where I worked and all that, but I quit my job probably two months ago now. Oh, wow. I really? to so go full time, yeah. You're headlong into it. Oh, then. yeah, yeah. So how, how's that been? Has it been, was that a really scary transition? Um, It's, the budgeting is way different than you think it is. So when you, you're going to do it, you budget a certain way. And then when you actually do it, you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how big of a difference this is going to be. And you have your ups and downs the whole time. I mean, but unless you just go for it, you'll never know. I mean, it, it, I feel like a lot of people don't chase their dreams because they're they're scared. I mean, it's right. a scary thing to do this, just to, to quit my job and just go full-time playing music. It is. You know, cause you, you never know if I don't make it, then, I mean – but that sucks, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to go get another job. I, right. actually, I wrote a song, actually, and it talks about in that song, what's the worst thing can happen? You got to find another job. Oh, not, see, so. I did not know you quit. I didn't know. I thought yeah. you were still, because like with, the, well, you know, Briar and I and mm. Jamel and Dak and everyone else as part of the podcast, we still work jobs. Yeah. So what, do, okay, what, what has been the advantage of quitting a, a nine to five job or whatever kind of job you had to pursue music? Like, Cause I think sometimes um, there's a is it a bad is it bad company? No, it's not bad company. That song that says like early in the morning, like it talks about like going to work and wasting your. It's like an old song from like the seventies. Uh, I couldn't tell you right now. <laughs> I know it. I, just, I can hear the melody and everything. But anyways, it talks about how the people perceive musicians and artists and creatives as lazy people. Yeah. So kind of like, what is your day to day like now? Um. Really, uh, it gives me more time to spend with my son all in all and that's a kind of a deal i'm not going to get into that either but it, it, it's opened up more time for that in the beginning right now it kind of hasn't just because i've had to like you know line my cards up correctly at this point instead of just like oh here's your cards deal with it now i'm having to put them in order um and so the first month it's kind of been a little bit of struggle you know just kind of trying to balance everything is the hardest thing you know because everything in proportions i mean you, you want everything to balance each other out so that you don't have too much or too little of anything um so you're kind of still kind of getting used to everything yeah there's still a transition there'll be a transition all the way through if i, if I end up making it big time one day this, there's going to be a consistent transition from where i'm where i started to where i am now to then and so on and so forth so it'll just be a it's going to be a journey i just look at it like that's a journey nice that, yeah. dude i have so much respect for that like just to say you know what i'm going to try it out because you're 100 right i mean it's once you once you realize that I think people are afraid to quit because they're comfortable. Like I know I'm yep. comfortable. The job I work, I make really good money at. It's I'm able to provide for what I'm doing here now. 
Yeah. Um, so that's one reason why I'm like, oh, maybe I should keep that job and still do this on the side. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's a whole new ball game when you're like, okay, F it. I'm just going to jump off the cliff and see what happens, see if I can fly or not. Yeah. And I'm like, and that's kind of a poor metaphor because if you don't fly, you die. But you know what I'm saying? But you, like you said, you can always come back and get another job. Yeah. Jobs will always be. Were you be talking there. about uh, Loving? That's what I got. Is that the song you're thinking of earlier? No, okay, it's, that's um, not in the, <laughs> it's early in the morning. No, no, it's not that. <laughs> I was like, that's I, what I, okay, about. so I play music, but I can't sing. I'm like your dad. Yeah, I can't yeah. sing worth a, like a lick. <laughs> and I can't play guitar worth a lick, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I can't think of it. It's, it's literally talk about. It. If you can make a living, you can be a musician or something like that. Work at nothing all day. That's the lyrics to it. Okay. It's an old, like, 70s, 80s song. But anywho, so now that you are kind of about, you're like, you've taken this big step and you're taking a chance on everything, um, kind of tell me, because like I said, I haven't, I've played music, but I haven't played, like, out at shows in, like, years. Yeah. Um, what are some of the common themes you see when you play out shows or what's difficult about getting a show or recording <coughs> songs or writing songs? Like what's it like in 2019 as being a independent solo artist like that? Um, it's different. Really. It's a different experience for everybody. Everyone has their own experience. I mean, some people, everyone kind of takes a certain route you know, there's, there's a bunch of options. It's not just one. It's not like you have three roads you choose from. You have like a hundred roads to choose from. You could, and if you're a hobbyist player, if you're a full-time player, if you're a part-time player, or however you want to, however you want to say it, like uh, I know being full-time for me, I haven't really started putting a band together or anything. So, and I'm, I think I'm just gonna ride the solo train for a while. It kind of helps me on. <laughs> I don't have to be as responsible, I guess, in the beginning of, of all this. Whereas if I had a band, your dad, basically, yeah, you know, if you're if you're the lead man of the band, it's your band, your dad. You got to take care of all these guys. You got to put so much money into it for all this equipment. You know, it helps if they pitch in. But if it's your band, it's a little different. That's kind of what I'm wanting to go for is like, you know, the KCUS band or something like that. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. But that's kind of the direction I'm taking it as solo artists now. And then as it moves on, I'm just going to try to build a name for me. And then... Right, kind of like falls a, together, it falls together. Kind of like a John Mayer approach. Like yeah. he started out playing bars in Georgia and doing solo stuff, and then eventually he kind of added everything else he wanted to do. Yeah, and kind of dealing with another band, you have to deal with other people's schedules. Yep. Um, pay. I, you have to yeah pay. <laughs> you have to deal with other like musicians' egos. Yeah. Because as musicians, like I feel like we have the biggest head ever oh yeah you, you know what there's I'm saying? some egotistical yeah. people out there trust me <laughs> oh yeah I, I think i talked about this story last time on a podcast it was with doc and i'll bring it up again because it just still blows my mind about it we were playing at in texas at a church one time and the the owner was like hey can we just backline equipment it's a lot easier and it's a lot quicker mm-hmm. and the headlining band was like no we don't want to do that yeah and we're like why not like your equipment won't be played like i just didn't get it yeah. But it was one of those things like, nope, we don't want to do that. We're yeah. not going to do it. I'm like, well, it, and it, it's different from musician to musician. I think it's a, a money factor. Like maybe they put a lot of money into that and didn't didn't want to give a yeah, chance. They're like, no, we don't have the money to buy new stuff right now. Let's not do that. I mean, I went with uh, I, every once in a while, I'll go, whether I'm opening or I'm not opening, if I'm just helping out. I got a buddy named uh, Bryce Dykus that'll call me and say, hey, I need some help. You want to come help me, you know, set my equipment up or whatever. And I got a couple other buddies that do it. And, uh, that I'll call me too. And so I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm open for that date or I didn't have anything booked yet. I'll take one for the team and I'll go up there and help you. So we went to one at a, it was a, oh, I can't even remember what town's at, Waynette, something like that. It's like Soggy Bottom Trails or something like that. No, nice. And they had a, a concert going on and a guy rigged in from The Voice, he ran up on The Voice this last season. Okay, cool. Actually headlined that. And so we got there and we kind of didn't really know what was going on, if we were gonna, they were going to use their own equipment or if we were going to use guys' equipment or whatever. And actually they ended up pulling in like right after we had that discussion and they were like, yeah, we're going to use our, our stuff. So that, that just made, literally I, just, I had to help them pull guitars out and then, you know, just the extra, the extra boards, the earpieces, stuff like that. Yeah. And so it made it way easier on everybody. So that's preferred, of course. Always. Oh, yeah. It's it's just so much easier. Like, especially when, like, like you were saying, like getting with a musician or a band that's like, hey, we'll use the drums. I understand. We've been there. Yeah. I trust you guys. Yeah. You know, and it works out so much better like that. Yeah. Um, so, like, are you playing, do you plan on doing a tour anytime soon? Like, maybe the su- like late the summer or fall or? Yeah, probably closer to fall. Right now, I'm, I'm kind of just building 
uh, clientele up, like venue clientele uh, at this point. Uh, my, my goal is so not not to be rude, but there's a lot of really selfish musicians out there, and so they don't. A lot of them will see you as competition, or they'll see you as you're a bump in the road. You're taking, you know, my slot that I right. could have had, and so. What I plan to do is basically I want to go out and find more gigs for people that are within like, you know, a six hour drive of our area, especially for like my buddies, like like West Parish, Brandon Bethel, uh, Nathan Kilgore, Boone Mendenhall, Billy Arnett, JJ Baldwin, uh, all these musicians. I'm sure I'm forgetting plenty of them, but there's a ton of musicians here in Muskogee that just don't really have the access to these gigs and don't have the time just to go find these places. So my goal is, you know, while I'm, trying to push my name out there and book these on gigs for myself is get in these places, build the connection, get the contact information and pass it on. And so I can help my friends that are here that are just kind of stuck in a, a one hour span right now, two hour span. And and it's not, not that they want to do that. You know, some of them want to branch out, but they don't have right. the clientele. They don't have the access to that. So uh, now that I'm full time and I kind of have that time, you know, I, I have to come home at least three times a week anyways, like, either for a gig or when I have my son or whatever. So it just makes it easier for those times that I don't have something to do. I can take off and drive, go to Arkansas or go to Texas or, you know, wherever, go drive through these small towns and find these little smaller bars that are really, they're hurting for, for booking. Like right. a lot of them, a lot of them that I run into are like, yeah, we've been trying to book some people. We just don't know anybody. Well, that's yeah. kind of where I'm trying to come in at it. And I'm not trying to be a booking agent by any means. I don't want to take any money for that. I just want to help my friends out. I love that, so. man. Like, and that's amazing like because you've heard of there's bands that have done that um like smaller bands that are now big bands like they're like well we know this person let's bring them on tour with us or yeah. whatever and this is kind of like a smaller like regional scale like i love that um so back in the day when i was playing it was we would have to present like a press pack to these venues like hey a bio flyer, yeah, an EPK. like a tape, right? Mm -hmm. So do, is that still going on or is it yeah, more of like uh, a digital thing? It's it's a little both. Uh, I run into some people that are just like, yeah, we'll book you just because you like you name off a couple. Like I've played here, here, and here, you know, which the Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame here in Muskogee is awesome. Like that, that I know there's not a lot of people that go to Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame, even like anywhere that we play, anyone that plays there for the most part, unless you're a bigger name. There's not a lot of people that show up to it. I wish there was because it's a great venue. They have great sound. It's a, it's a, really cool place I mean, how so i and i would like i'd like to know more about that like how often are they doing shows uh they, they usually have something every thursday night actually really and so it's before like bar crowd gets in i think it's at like six six to nine or something like that six to ten is usually when they're playing or six to eleven maybe seven eleven somewhere in there he's like look at you can go to the facebook page and check them out okay and they post everything that's coming up you know i know like eddie shook's involved with that hardly ham are two of two of the guys that i talked to a lot about it and there's there's several other ones that are involved but that name carries a lot of weight when, like, for, it's helped me a lot immensely. That's why I told them, you know, anytime you have something come up, give me a shout. You know, especially, like, because we play for free when you play there. You don't, you don't play for money. No one gets paid, usually. Um, Is it free to attend? No, it, it costs to attend, but it goes to keeping, preserving the building and keeping it alive. Oh, it's that's like, awesome. It's like a history. There's a whole back room. Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of, like, music, older, like, historic musicians. I mean, it's a Hall of Fame, basically. All that's the nice. Other. That's awesome. And so... But uh, I, I like having that. It's kind of like on, on your resume. You know, you go to these places like, yeah, I played at <coughs> Max's Garage in Muskogee. I played at Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame. Like, these are my hometown stuff. And then you can say, well, I've also played out of town at this bar and this bar and this bar, you know. Um, I host an open mic at Croner and Bayer in Tahlequah. It's a little new small pub that's came up. It's really nice. It's not like low class, not high class. It's But all these kind of come together. And when so you go to these bars or you talk to these people, these venues, they're like, well, what's your background? And you tell them, like, you know, these, these bars, it's the Oklahoma Hall of Fame rings a bell to everybody and raises a big flag. And they're like, oh yeah, cool. Great. You know, it's a good flag. <clears throat> um, that, and then you run into like, well, do you have a Facebook page or do you have a YouTube or da, da, da. Right, yeah. well, I don't have a YouTube. So my YouTube page actually glitched out on me and then never uploaded any of my videos. So I just That's haven't even gotten around to using it again. Cause I was like, I was kind of irritated. Not sorry, YouTube, not trying to offend you. <laughs> not your fault probably, or it could be, but in the end, I need to make another one and try to see if it'll go through that time. Um, so are you pretty active like with social media then? Yeah, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, definitely. I'm on Snapchat here and there. I kind of use, I got a bunch of people that follow me on Snapchat, so I'll throw some pictures up there. And okay, nice. I actually get a pretty good response rate out of Snapchat. More, I think I get more actual, you know, personable response rate out of Snapchat than I do anything else. It's crazy. That's really interesting. Because yeah. like I have a Snapchat, but I 
never use it. Oh like, yeah, I'll, I'll post. I'll, I'll make I make my own flyers, so I'll I'll make a flyer for an event or whatever a show, and I'll post it on my Snapchat, and I'll just put in the, as a little commentary box, you know, please share if you get time, or you know, hey, come out and share, please. And like every single one of my Snapchat friends that sees it, I'll have like fifteen responses in a matter of thirty minutes. Like we're sharing it right now, and they'll share it on Facebook, Dude, Instagram. Yeah, it's really cool actually. So works out. So have you developed like that personal relationship with people that you meet at shows? I try to everywhere I go, man. And there's, I know it gets harder as like as you get a band and you play these bigger shows. It's harder to to portray that personal experience with them, and it just is. It's one of the reasons why I like being a solo artist is because. I don't have five other dudes or four other dudes behind me that I gotta that I can talk to everybody. You know, I'm I'm sitting here talking to every person that comes up, so it, it makes it more personal because you're actually having to meet these people, remember who they are, and some of them will actually travel from one place to another to see you. Yeah, you know, I've had I've had people that have driven. Oh, I played in a in a bar called Voodoo's Bar in Lehigh probably five or six times, probably four or five times, and uh, I had some friends drive from from here, and it's a two and a half hour drive. I mean, oh, it's not nice. an easy drive, so. And they'll drive down there and watch me or, you know, whatever. That's awesome. I man. call them my friends and some of the people I barely even know. And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're my buddy. They're, they're support me. So I support them. Yeah, it sounds like you're, you're going about the right way. Like, honestly, like it, there's so many people that are like, once they start getting like a following, like, like their head gets so big and they're like, hey, yeah. Everyone, I think everyone develops an ego at some point. Like I have to have an ego. At least on my state. Everyone. Excuse my language. Everyone thinks I'm an asshole when they first meet me. They're like, "This guy is an asshole," and I'm like, "No, I just kind of have that face and that that tone." See, maybe. I, I've I never got that vibe. Yeah. Well, now, some people do. Some now, Tony over here. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's a complete asshole. <laughs> Hopefully, I can say asshole on here. You can just bleep that out later. Yeah, we'll bleep it over. All right, cool. <laughs> we'll put like a little like a, a horn in there or something yeah. like that. So every time I say ass, it's gonna go. Ah, yeah. Ass, ass, ass. No, don't make go. my job harder. Yeah, sorry. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to like sit here and ass, 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 ass. Just put a big old horn in there. It's gonna be a cool horn. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. God, for every word that would last so long. Oh yeah. The podcast is an extra five minutes. Because you just got to do it. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, that's going to be great. I love that. I love that. Man, so um, kind of going back to that, like, or so we talked about tour. Like, do you plan on recording anytime soon? Like, because we kind of briefly talked about that when you first got here. Um, do you have you are in the talks with anyone to record? Or? Um, so I, I recorded a little bit uh, with a guy out of Tahlequah, and uh, it's not that I didn't like the quality. It's just that I just I, I wasn't feeling at the time. I kind of want to revamp some of my own songs before right. I actually go back and record. So, um, so maybe kind of like a you kind of like a learning curve, right? there. Yeah, maybe. it really was. And 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 list going back and listening to the recordings, I was like, well, you know, I I, I didn't I didn't do the speeds right. I, it's, you know, it's kind of on my end for the most part. Uh, so it was like, well. At least, you know, you watch you watch a fight video if you get done fighting, you know, you're like, well, that's where I went wrong or, you know, right. f- football or sports, any any kind. And so now I'm kind of like, oh, I'm revamping these songs a little bit. And then I may end up doing some like live recording later. Okay. Um, it's not a major play in my cards right now. It's is booking and getting in front of the people, meeting people, networking, marketing, um, <clears throat> selling merchandise. Like I sell shirts and hats for $20 a piece. Oh, I, I just started nice. putting uh, pre-orders in. <clears throat> so if anybody wants them, they can hit me up and say, or shoot me a message on Facebook or whatever, and say, "Hey, I want a whatever size shirt and whatever color and whatever si- or whatever hat and whatever color." And I'll put an order in, and then when I get it, they can just pay me for it. Let's now. go ahead and plug your Facebook right now. We'll do it at the end too. But where can they find you on Facebook, uh, Snapchat, or whatever? Go ahead. Uh, Facebook is Casey West Music two three four three. I think my Snapchat is just Casey West two three four three. I'll check that and come back to that here in a minute. Yeah, we'll, then, we'll we'll do the plug at the end. But since you brought it up, might as well just throw it in there. Yeah, and then Instagram. Casey West two three four three, basically Casey West two three four three. You'll probably find me on everything. But so what's up with the two three four three? Uh, so two three four three is I was in a fraternity in college. Oh, right. well, so what frat? My uh, Phi Sigma Kappa. Okay. And so that was my roll number was two three four three. Okay, gotcha. And so uh, I I use that. For, it kind of hit close to home. You know, he's like I got some some good friends out of that. Some good boys. So. Very personal. Where, where'd you go to school at? NSU. Okay, gotcha. I went to a few colleges, but I ended up at NSU. What what year did you graduate? I didn't graduate. Okay. No. Not one of those guys. Nothing wrong with that. The music kind of kind of found me. So <laughs> now that I play music, it's like, oh, I probably should go back to school for music. But you know, it is what it is. Like I'm self-taught now, so it right. works out. Yeah, I mean, I, college is fun. I, I went there, graduated 2016. I'd always like 
I had some really good friends in Teak that always would try to get me to rush. Oh, yeah. But by the time, like, I started going back, I was, like, 23, 24, and I knew how pledging and all that worked. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm not going to work well when a when a 19-year-old, like, guy is trying to tell me to do something. I'm 23, 24. Yeah. It just won't fly. So, look, don't, don't ask me. We'll hang out, and we'll let that – that can be your thing, and when you're ready to hang out with me, we'll hang out. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't – I just knew it wasn't going to work out. I probably shouldn't have done it, but uh, I, I had a blast, man. It was it was a good time. A lot of good memories. That's so. what I hear. Yeah. Um, I, and, see, I, I knew Kappas, too. I knew a little bit of Phi Sig, but mm-hmm. um, God, I can't even think of any right now. But, yeah, I hung out with Kappas a lot. Or not Kappas. Yeah, not Kappas. Um, teaks. I hung out with Teaks a lot. Knew a lot of different yeah. Teaks and all nice guys. Um, and there's sororities there as well. Hung out with. Yeah. It was like, it seemed like they had a great time and they had that brotherhood. Yeah. Um, that's what it was about was the brotherhood. Yeah. Sure. Um, so kind of going back to kind of going with that, have you met like any musicians that you would consider like, Hey, we're building the brotherhood because you're our sisterhood because you mentioned earlier, like, Hey, I want to bring a lot of other people and help them get gigs within a six hour radius. Yeah. Like, is there like people out there that you consider like, oh yeah, we've developed this brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever? Absolutely, I got, I have a, a ton of brothers and sisters in music. Is what I actually call them when I'm texting or I talk to them like, hey brother, how's it going? Or like, hey girl, you know, whatever. I don't call them sister really, but I, I could. I mean, like like Maddie K Parks, we tell each other we love each other, like love you, like brother sister relationship. It's it's great, and oh, she's nice. a phenomenal musician. So it's like. And I've helped her out. She helps me out. You know, it's it's like that with most musicians. Like the musician world is huge. Okay, so almost I don't I don't know the actual statistics. There's probably like sixty percent of the people in America probably play some type of instrument. Yeah. So the musician world's huge. The actual you know I I don't prefer to call myself a professional, but I play for money. So professional or whatever you want to call it. The level that that I play at where there's people actually getting paid that actually want these gigs that are like, yeah, I want to do this for whether it's part-time, full-time, whatever, is actually not that big. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a fraternity in itself. Like if you actually play for, for money, or even if you don't play for money, but if you play shows or, you know, benefits, whatever, and you're doing this for more than, more than once a month kind of deal, even if, really, I shouldn't even say that. Or even if you're doing it for once a month, we have some people that we just that come to open mics, or whatever, and do a full jam or whatever, and it's still it's a great time. I mean, and everybody's just got a, a a close bond. There's never there's never fights. I don't think I've been to a gig yet where a fight's broke out while you're playing live music. It just doesn't happen. That's kind of what I preach on when I go to these these smaller divey bars, and they're like, "Well, there's a lot. We we'll have a fight every once in a while," and I'm like, "That doesn't happen because we take control of." everyone's thought and mind process at least try to have, make them have fun you know fight breaks out we're on that microphone yelling like hey stop you know like, we're gonna have a good time you're ruining yeah everything. you're ruining everyone's mood right now let's have a good time right and so it just doesn't happen you know everyone stays pretty calm so right and see i think that's the cool thing um and actually in um the episode with trent uh brown the uh, photographer guy we had on we talked kind of about yeah, i know trent it's on school trent yeah he was here this morning yeah i graduated with his sister yeah yeah Bailey. um we kind of talked about as, as photographers and videographers, if we're doing like wedding shoots, we kind of have to set the mood for them and make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they're having a good time and all that. Absolutely. Um, and musicians, you're right, are 100% the same because, you know, bar, I've been to bars that have been really chill and they had music playing, but it wasn't live music. Yeah. And then fought, like fights broke out oh, or yeah. whatever. And it seems like you're right. Like during live music, like there's hardly any fights. Like it's just like, hey, it's a different type of energy. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And you're 100% right. Um, it's do you more do, real energy. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, we're not just going to be playing like something over the radio that all you hear is. about fighting and drugs. Yeah. And, yeah. and all you hear is the <laughs> bass and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like I love Nez to death. But mm-hmm. at one point, like like I swear towards the end of the night, like it, they just turn up the bass on that. Yeah. <laughs> on, oh, I'm sure. On I'm that sure, jukebox. Yeah. And I'll just hear boom, 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 boom. And just like, oh, it's so loud. Love Ned's though. It's a great bar. Oh, yeah. I love that they started doing open mics and everything. They they are. I think they're actually cutting back a little bit on it. Uh, I think they're only doing it once a month now. They were doing it every other weekend. It was Larry uh, Scary Larry Hewitt was actually hosting. He's one of my buddies too. And uh, I think they're. I think from what I heard, they're cutting back to one time a month. Um, I don't. I don't know what the reason behind that is. Whether you know, like because the business, I'm sure, slows down a little bit during the summer because all the college kids are at home. Right. So you have all your regulars still, but businesses. There's not, you know, the townies people in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the townies instead of the, the out of town people. And yeah. so I'm still doing one. 
at Croner and Barry in Tahlequah. It's uh, every other Tuesday. So it's the second, fourth Tuesday of every month right now. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. I, I've seen that bar and it looks awesome. Um, I just mm-hmm. never stop by there. It's growing, man. It really is. It's getting, getting bigger. Every time we have an open mic, it usually gets bigger, whether it's more musicians come each time or, uh, you know, like crowd comes more. Right. Time, so. Well, that's why I was in Telequal the other day. I drove past it and I was like, man, that place has came a long way since it yeah. opened up. I remember when it was still like a Greek restaurant. Like, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, even Ned's, like, I, do you remember when they they uh, banned smoking in Ned's? Yeah. Do you remember, like, it smelled worse a week or two after they banned it mm-hmm. than it did during it? Because yep. all that, it was like airing out. Settling down. Oh, yeah. God, it was terrible. Yep, yep. I'm like, please bring the smoking back. <laughs> and then when it was smoking, it's one of those things where, like, man, I don't know if I just, am I drinking too much or is it getting really smoky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't smoke. I just, I, but I, I love Ned's. Ned's is like my, uh, my uh my bar from like uh, how i met your mother or cheers or yeah. anything like that or cheers like I, it's just when i was in college man that was i love that bar yeah. so fun. go there any time of day and have a good time yeah oh yeah oh, go yeah. there at four o'clock in the morning that are four o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the evening play pool yes yep. chill during mm-hmm. summertime it smells a lot better now though oh yeah way better <laughs> i like the back patio they did yep yeah um gated and everything yeah yeah it, it, i love how that old brown couch is still in there yep <laughs> and then every time I look at it, I'm afraid to sit on it because I don't know what's happening on that couch. Oh, yeah. You never know. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll stand. I'm I've seen good. some pretty bad things happen there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'll stand. Um, so like, so recordings in the future eventually. Yeah. Um, now it's completely up to you. I know you mentioned before we started that you're going to do it a different way than what other people are doing. Do you want to talk about that or want to save a, it? Uh, I don't really know if it's a different way or not. I'm really, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of going with the flow and just feeling it out. <clears throat> and they're like, there's not rules to this. That's the greatest thing about it. I'm, I'm my own boss and I make my own rules. You know, if I want to book out every day, I can book out every day if I, if I have the access to it, which is what we're working on right now. Um, but I don't really know if it's a different way anybody else has ever done or if I'm just winging it just like the rest of them. <laughs> to be honest yeah, with just you, going with it. Everybody could just be winging it and we never know. You know, you fake it till you make it or, you know, keep trying as hard as you can. Work your ass off. Yeah, you got to. There's that Dukes of Hazard horn again. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how is like this is kind of this may be too personal because it kind of dwells in the financing. But like, how do you feel about having to do your taxes now? Oh, uh, so or does it just like stress <clears throat> you out? That's it was stressing me out. That was kind of one of the first things that I I jumped on. So before I actually quit my job, I opened up um, an account. I'm just going to leave it like that. It's a business account that I opened up. and With the mafia. No, 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 no. Personal account. Personal account. No mafia. <laughs> um, and I went and bought a bunch of like a portable file, carry around file deal, whatever. And so I got a bunch of files in there that are all labeled. I keep all my receipts, stuff like that. You know, it just I kind of knew what I was doing from previous jobs of helping them run businesses and, you know, just kind of catching bit, t- tidbits here and there, running your own business. Uh, what's the easiest way to do it? So I'll actually uh, keep all my receipts. I'll keep all anything like Pike Pass, food. It's all a write-off. So, you know, gas mileage. If I, I track my mileage from where I'm at and <clears throat> from when I started this year. And by the end of the year, I can actually just track that whole amount of mileage. And then as long as I can prove where, I, like, all the driving that I did. That did was you check involved. your mileage for this? <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. No, <laughs> I just do it front to end and then uh, – I try to keep notes in a little in a little book I have, you know, of everything that I've been doing. Try to keep a daily log, kind of, of like what happened that day. Because right. actually, I'm fixing to switch over to my Google um, Calendar because on your iPhone calendar, it doesn't save those dates of it's, everything. I love iPhones, but that that their calendar is complete. Yeah, trash. it shouldn't. It just deletes it once it's done. It's like a reminder that's gone. And so yeah. you're like, oh well, I wish it would have saved all those because now I got to go back and find every day on these dates. So I'm going to switch over to Google calendars, which I'm pretty sure just saves those dates on there so I can go back and like prove where I played at and everything, which I have record of all of it anyways. So nice seats or whatever. I would say that's probably a benefit too of you being the age you are, you know, someone that's 15, 16, 18 years old. Has no clue what they're doing. They're like, I'm just playing music and I'm just going with the flow, whatever happens, whatever happens. And there's definitely a learning curve to business in general. And and I, I hate to make it, a business you know because it's fun and all the same like it is it's i enjoy it like i've never found something that i've actually enjoyed you know as much as i do like playing music that's why i kind of quit my job for it you know and so that learning curve of of doing it on the side as a hobby and then actually doing it for a living is way different so if you have no business aspect i do recommend either doing research or 
talk to somebody that's been there. You know, you don't have to talk to me because I'm not professional as far as the business side of it is yet. I'm still learning, but I'm doing it all myself. But there's other guys out there that can that have played. You know, like like Larry Hewitt and uh, Billy Arnett. Those two have played with some big name bands and have been doing this for a long time. They get the business side of it completely. Right. There are two guys that I kind of look up to and say, hey, like, am I screwing up or am I doing this right? Or what do you think? And they'll give me their advice or their their take on it. So that's nice. So um, I lost my train of thought because there's I want to get to one thing, but I kind of well, I'll get to it now. Um, you're doing this full time. Um, going back to an age thing, you're you know, you're 27. And you, and you also mentioned earlier, you kind of got like your wild side out earlier. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you're like, yes, I sowed yes. my oats. Yes. <laughs> but um, like. Um, one of the very popular bands out there, especially around Oklahoma area, is Turnpike Troubadours. Yeah. Um, you know, awesome guys. Um, I've met RC a couple times. Great guy. Yeah. Um, but they're they're taking a break because, you know, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I pray and wish the best for them because they're great musicians and I want the best for them. But it's, they're kind of going through a tough time right now um in terms of you know touring and whatever's happened has happened yeah um is that something that you're kind of preparing yourself for too as well that maybe doing full time like it, it's kind of being a musician is kind of a wild road like it's yeah it's it's different <laughs> it's i mean i mean i'm not and it's not just drugs but like you know mentioning like you may have to be if, if it does pick up you may have to go far away from home for a little bit and go on tour and be away from you know people that you love and care about and i mean you know and there's also all the, the business side, the higher up you get, from my understanding, the more cutthroat and more ruthless it gets. Absolutely. So are you kind of pre- pre- like seeing some of the stuff that they're going through and some of the stuff other musicians are going through? Is that something that you're worried about or preparing yourself for? Um, yeah. So there's a few questions all in there. So I'll start with um, really the traveling part. The only thing that, that really is my kilt on traveling is uh, being away from my son. Um I've kind of gotten with my ex-wife and, or his, you know, his mother and I've kind of let her know, like I've been giving her hints like, Hey, <clears throat> if this takes off you know, I'm going to be on the road a lot. Um, and I don't want us to have to fight about this. You know, I, I want you to know that I'm not doing this just for me. You know, this is for like, I'm building a business for my son, you know, like, so that I can, you know, raise him, pay for his stuff, you know? So if this, if, if at this, at some point where this music just isn't working out, I'm not making enough to, to support my son. I'll have to go get a job, like an actual job, and start from there. But I want to try to build this up as much as I can to where hopefully I can turn around and you know, either start a business or I make it. You know, the goal is to make it. Make, you know, make, make $100,000 a year. That's my goal. Make $100,000 a year playing music. I'm good. I'm right. not worried about the fame. I just I want to be able to do something. I want to work something that I love and get paid to do it and still make enough money to make sure my son has everything he needs you that's know, awesome. make sure that his mom's taken care of if she needs help so that's awesome um <clears throat> what are the other ones on the other the business side aspect yeah just like just basically just it, i and i use turnpike as an example it's it's mostly just the stress of music the stress of fame the stress yeah. of always having to perform like is that something that you are kind of preparing for right now um it's definitely something you kind of see at the stage that i'm at right now um it really it's all the same thing like and i've met you know like i said i met i met guy thrigged and i've met um a bunch of famous musicians that are you know big time and um like reba mcintyre we we met me and uh jake marlin met reba mcintyre she walked into one of our sets and we were playing at el adobe in atoka and it's a one of our buddies uh father-in-law's restaurant and so we're sitting there playing <clears throat> we had played a show the night before and so we were rough i mean real rough <laughs> let's just leave it at that <clears throat> and uh we were only playing like a, a two-hour set and we're about 30 minutes in you know five six seven songs in and we're kind of playing sh- coffee shop style and in walk street mcintyre and we're like, like I sit up straight I, yeah <laughs> i said i said something on the mic i shouldn't have said <laughs> really loud and uh <clears throat> she kind of gave me a dirty look at first and then uh we kept playing and she sat there and, you know, she was being quiet. She didn't want everybody to know she was there. And we just completely understand. We get it completely. We're in that spotlight, too. We have people that kind of harass us sometimes. We're not nearly like her. No, we're not they're like, oh, my God, and run up to you and, like, you know, sign my forehead. You know, we're not right. like those people. You know, but <laughs> but they are. And so it was kind of cool to sit there and you could, you could look, see her, like, peeking around the booth every once in a while looking at us. And she came by and 
and said, y'all sound great, great job. And then she ended up dropping a $100 bill in that hey. tip jar. I actually still have that $100. Bill. I didn't get it signed, though. When they went to lead, they're like, do you want a picture with her? And I was just going to have her sign that. And then she'd already taken off. So we were like, crap. Oh, so, but some of the people at the restaurant got pictures and you know, it was it was known that. That's really cool. But it's, it's all the same thing, man. Just from, from where I'm at to where she's at, it's literally the exact same thing. Just a smaller scale than what she's doing. So... All in all, you still get the stress of it, you know, of, of the business. You, you never make enough money. No one's ever going to make enough right. money to be completely happy. It's just not. That's why I have to set my goal at $100,000. If I make $100,000, I'm good. You know, that's that's my main goal. If it goes farther than that, then great, I'll set a new goal. But right now. You're like, I'll it. get a gold toilet and we'll, we'll yeah, keep going. Yeah, I'll get a gold toilet and we'll keep making money. Yeah, all right. Uh, but but the, the stress is there. You know, you still have the fans that will harass you. You still get, like I was just telling Tony over here a story on the way here about, I was actually at Ned's and uh, a friend of mine, I won't name names, was talking to this girl that he liked and ran out of things to say and turned around and said, hey, do you want to meet someone famous? So next thing I know, he's inside. I'm outside on the patio with one of my buddies. We're just sitting there talking. And uh, next thing I know, there's 25 people that are surrounding me and like, oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, you're famous. I started cracking up laughing, of course, because I'm not famous yet. <laughs> and so, <laughs> hey, I to them you up. are. That's all that yeah, matters. Yeah, yeah. To them, I was famous. They're like, oh my gosh, you play music. So I ended up signing a bunch of bunch of shirts and yeah, <laughs> cards, and I gave out some stickers. And dude, that is awesome. It, but it and it's it's all it's there's perks and there's there's downfalls and there's you know ups and downs for the whole thing. It's the best well, way see, to say it. That's another thing about Ned's is I couldn't tell you how many times I've been to Ned's and seen like a red dirt musician there. Yeah. And oh yeah, and then I think people, and that's why I think like um, I about said Redfern Festival. Um, crap, what's that river or what's that concert they have on the river? Medicine Stone. Medicine Stone. Yeah, I think it's one reason why Medicine Stone is, is as popular as it is is because all those guys have one point or another. I feel like have made their way to Ned's or have made their way to Roxy's or something like that, yeah. and they're just like you. They're like, hey, we're, you guys aren't fans. You're my friends. Yeah, I just happen to play music. And yeah. you're listening. I mean, if you see one of them out, don't don't over overload them by any means. Don't run up to them. Or the worst thing you can do if you meet someone that's famous is to be ten feet away or five feet away and turn around and put your selfie camera on and video and be like, look who it is, or take a picture of them in the background, right. and then not even know you're taking a picture. Yeah, you know, don't bum rush them when there's twenty other people over there asking for a picture. You know, just if they're over there, like, hey, do you mind if I snap a quick photo? I just don't want to take a bunch of your time. Well, they say yes or no. If they say no, just respect them. Walk away. Right. If they say yeah, then great. Get your picture or whatever. If they want to talk, talk to them. They're just normal people, just like us. Everybody's the same. Right. You know, exactly. They're not any better than us. They just are good at what they do. Exactly. And so they're well known for it. Yeah, it's kind of like they're they're constantly in the spotlight. Yeah. And sometimes you know that stress gets to you. And um and like I said, going back to Turnpike, man, I I hope nothing for the best for him. And I keep, it's one of those things like, you know, once they get fixed or do what they need to do, they mm-hmm. get everything straightened out. They're going to come out with an album that's going to probably like skyrocket. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I, I try to respect them as much as possible. You know, I, they're one of the bands I grew up in, you know, when I first started playing music, you know, a couple of years ago, like seriously. And so it was one of those things where I just kind of took a liking to them. And, and I, I think I posted something on Twitter a while back, you know, that there was an article about if they're going to fall apart, how many chances do they get? And I, I you know, retweeted it. I or saw that. And I was like, and I said, as many chances as they, as they need, you know, they they can have them. You know, I know that that, that article was very like it was clickbaity, but yeah. it had a great message once you clicked on it. Because yeah. I was like, dang, like all, and, and then you open it up and it's like all the chance, all the time they need. Absolutely. And, so I, I'm I'm hoping for the best, and I know it's gonna they're gonna come out with some something amazing after they get through this uh, valley. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to songwriting, I want to kind of hit on that for a little bit. What inspires you? Like, what's some songs that you've written that have been inspired by you know real life events? Like, are they real life events, or are they kind of like made up events that some people write on? Uh, both. Most most of the stuff that I I started writing early on. Um, was more real life events. I've started writing lately on just kind of made up stuff. Um, like I wrote a song about a dog that, or actually, it's not about a dog. It's about a guy that that killed himself. I, I don't know if I ever that went a song from or not. cute yeah. talking about a dog well, to like the saddest thing. It's ever. really it's it's ironic. It's an ironic song. So it's about a guy, and I I may never release this. We'll see what happens. It's about a guy that 
takes his own life and there's a whole drawn out story to it as it goes through but basically in the end the dog uh was taking his stuff the, the dog was the reason he killed himself and he thought it was over his ex-wife and so it was like it's like a whole like it's like a funny song but it's like a dark funny song like it's yeah, really it's like dark humor. ill-humored yeah dark humor and so uh like I, I just made it up i actually was sitting with my my buddy zach that may end up playing drums for me i don't know what kind of what we're gonna end up doing with that that'll be way later down the road um, but he was like, I was like, you want to write a song? And he was like, yeah. And he's coming up with some stuff. And I was like, well, here, let me try this. You know, and I wrote this whole song out while he was sitting there and he was like, you know, holy crap, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. And I was like, I had no clue that, where that came from. It just kind of comes to you. But, but yeah, then I wrote some songs. Uh, my, my newest one is called Till You Meet the Lord. Uh, it's probably the best song I've written yet. Uh, it's, it's, I used to write a bunch of slow, depressing songs. This one's kind of more, a little more upbeat. Okay. Uh, but I actually wrote it about quitting my job. It's the one I was talking to you about earlier where it says the worst thing is going to happen with, with finding a job. Um, it kind of talks about uh, how, you know, I was stuck. I was I was working at the place, my place of work at the time before I quit. And I was working kind of, it's kind of desk job, field work, both more desk job stuff than anything. And, uh, and so I kind of wrote it about how I was just kind of stuck in this job, you know, and yeah. I wasn't really super happy. And it wasn't, it wasn't the job that was making me unhappy. It's just I don't have happy working in general, like doing that. When I could have been doing something I actually enjoyed. And so uh, I wrote the song, pissed off one day in my office. I, I went to my office, I closed the door. I hadn't taken a lunch all day. So I was like, well, this is my lunch. I have my guitar with me, which I usually do. So I sat down, I wrote the song out and I put chords to it. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> you know, this is a good song. Yeah, <laughs> I like this one better than, than most of my other songs. Um, and so uh, it stuck and it was like one of those things I made a pact with myself during that song it was like i'm gonna quit my job and i'm gonna put my two weeks in once i get this next paycheck so i got the next paycheck and i immediately went and put my two weeks in that next month oh wow and so and, and my job was really cool about it they understood they're like look you know they i still talk to a lot of them and so they're like look we get it you know this is what you want to do go for it and so i know if i ever need to go get another job again go back and get a job i know they're, they're probably going to be there for me i know this stuff pretty well i know how to help them, you know, I still help them with stuff if they need my help. Right. Um, so, and, and I wrote that song and I, it really, it, that song was like a pact to myself. So that was like probably the most, the first really meaningful song to me was that one to where I actually did something that I want to do. I was so stuck before this. I was like, I'm literally not doing anything that I want to do. I'm doing stuff for everybody else, but there's nothing that I actually enjoy i could i didn't have a hobby i didn't have anything that i liked to do until i found music yeah. and so and, and it's opened up so many windows for me that's awesome so man. yeah and that it, that drove me to go full time and i quit that job they're still cool like i said and i got that really cool ass song out of it right yeah <laughs> and you i mean it's like you're, you're steady the way it sounds like to me like you got the safety net if it doesn't work out yeah and then after that man you just got open skies like yeah you're 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 putting in work and i think it's amazing if, if it doesn't work out, i saw my equipment go back to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'll be all right yeah yeah you use that money to start another yeah. hobby just don't sell your guitars i never do that oh no no, no. <laughs> i have a guitar that it's I, I i think it's a cool story behind it because i was originally a bass player and i wanted to start playing guitar and i went to a pawn shop and i put a down payment on one and it was like the cheap austin you remember austin oh yeah oh yeah okay so i was like i played it and i was like okay this is a decent enough guitar that i i will buy it and it'll be a good starter uh, guitar so anyways i got it and uh, put it in layaway and i think it was christmas time i didn't tell maybe i told like a few people about this but somehow my mom found out that it was in layaway <laughs> and I came home one day cause I was still making payments on it. Cause I was mm -hmm. like 18 years, 19 years old at the time. And I came home and that was what, that was my, one of my Christmas presents. Like she had that guitar there Yep. and man, I will never sell that guitar. Oh, like yeah. it will be something that I will treasure forever. And, and man, dude, it actually plays good. I'll let you yep. play on it here in a little bit. Oh shoot, yeah, yeah. It's I love it, man. It's like it's I honestly like I played on Gibsons and all kinds of different stuff, but I prefer this. Yeah, I I had a, an Austin. Actually, I gave uh, I actually got the Austin guitar given to me, and I gave it to somebody else. It was kind of a pass along. I've done that with a couple of guitars that are kind of lower end. Like I got that Austin guitar from a buddy of mine, and then I passed it on to a friend who had lost pretty much lost everything due to circumstances, and so I gave that to him and. I haven't seen it since, but I know he still has it. Um, and then I, I actually went to work in Texas before I started doing this, you know, like for real. 
like actually playing gigs and stuff. And I I was working at a house and this old man actually gave me a guitar. I was like, hey, this is my son's, you can have it. And it was like a, like a Washburn or something. Right. Well, one of my good buddies, um, Nathan Bird, got in a bad accident. Well, he His car rolled or whatever. And he either got his guitar stolen out of the back of his car or they flipped out or they got stolen at some point. Right. They're missing. Yeah. And so I called him up one day and it was really, I guess it was really a coincidence. You know, his sister bought him a guitar the same day as I called him was like, hey, I got a guitar for you. <laughs> and so like he got these two guitar, good guitars and he still has them both. I, I, we, we signed them, you know, had a couple of few people. Oh, sign that's really them. cool. So, yeah. So it's about giving, man. Like I won't ever give away my first guitar. It's probably my son may get it. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but my dad bought me my first guitar when I was 15 years old. It's a little Fender, little all black Fender guitar, and right. I can't play it on today's sound because it just doesn't register correctly. I have to get the you know all, everything renewed and yeah, replace some parts in it, and then it may play through the sound correctly. But right now it sounds terrible. It <laughs> so, sounds terrible. So yeah, I, I play a Martin now that I I saved up to buy. So yeah, Martins are so <clears throat> nice. I, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Taylor acoustics. Yeah. But it's, it's certain brands. Like sometimes Taylor's sound just too bright for me. That's that's why it, 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 the brightness doesn't stick with my style very much. But right. but, but you can't just say that because Taylor does make some that are a little more dull and not so bright. I found right. a couple that I liked. Yeah, and, so. and that's what, what I love Martin because their they're, they're, they're full body sound is yeah, amazing. Balance, balance tone. Yeah, well, that's what my guitar is. It's a, it's a semi-hollow body. Mm-hmm. And that's why I play with them is because they they just have so much more thicker and full tones. Absolutely. Like, and so that's like my jam. Mm-hmm. Well, Casey, man, thank you so much for coming on. One more time, let us know where we can listen to your music, upcoming shows. Um, tell us what's going on. Like, give us all your ats again. Uh, you can get me at Facebook at Casey West two, or Casey West Music two three four three. Snapchat Casey West two three four three. Instagram Casey West two three four three. Twitter Casey West Music. I think without the two, three, four, three, but you can try both. Um, I, t- uh, Friday, tomorrow, I'm playing at uh, Elm Street Pub. It's in Jinx. Uh, I can't remember the address right now, but if you look up Elm Street Pub in Jinx, it'll pull it up and be me and JJ Baldwin playing there. Uh, and then Saturday, what is that, 20, 22nd? 20, yes. Yeah, 22nd. Uh, I'll be in Atoka at this place called Boomer's Bar. And that's with Boone Mendenhall. So okay. I do a lot of a lot of split sets with people, so my buddies. So what we'll have to do because this pod because this season of Highlights of Crave is not going to come out until like late July, early oh, August. Yeah. We're still gonna we'll support you on our Facebook page though. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, we're, so we're still letting people perfect. know that yeah. you're, they're playing those. Just places. tell them to get on Facebook and follow me. Hit me up on Facebook, uh, Casey West two three four. They follow me, like my page, share it. You know whatever whatever helps get me out there helps a lot. You know I like helping my friends out. I like and share their pages and share all their stuff. So I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, we Same appreciate line. you, man. And I'm excited. Like, I'm more inspired now knowing that you quit your job and you're pursuing this full time. Yeah. And just having this conversation with you. So I'm super pumped. I'm super, well, super Well, I appreciate pumped. y'all having me out, man. That's cool. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you. Actually. No, dude, I understand, man. Busy. We, Life's we, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is. But yeah. we, we made it happen and we're going to keep making things happen. Shoot, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Later.